The day is the 16th of December. The time is 5.30pm. Most normal people are opening a beer, <laughs> heading to the viaduct, getting ready for Christmas, the greatest time of the year. But no, Mikey has rolled into the office, insane in the membrane, and wants to talk about why people need to retrain their brain. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to do, mate. We've Outstanding. Been, we've been getting a few messages about hectic energy, eh? Hectic energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you guys just tone it down a bit? Are you always on? What do you eat for breakfast? Are you micro-dosing? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I, I have had oh, Coke yeah. today, to be honest, mate, uh, but just a can of. Yeah, good. And just good. a smaller can, but high, I'm jacked high up. sugar. Yeah, yeah, I went the full sugar one. Woo! Yep. Yeah, so, retraining the brain, retraining the mind. Um, this is a real interesting one for me, eh? And it, I'll start with a little story, eh? We love a story. Been a hell of a day, mate. Talk to us. Talk today. I my new car arrived, and I'll run you through it from the start. So tell the people first, mate. What is the new car? It's a it's a new Honda Civic Type R. Honda so, Civic Type R. Yeah. So it's a cool Zero car. Zero to a hundred in real quick. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the story goes as I bought my first Type R. Ordered my first Type R from Honda. New market, call them out. In 2019, COVID hit and it was a bit of a mess, so we delayed it. I thought the world was going to end. Ended up buying it in 2021. Um, around this time of, oh, sorry, 2020, around this time of the year. And turned up there, first time I'd ever bought or ordered a br- anything brand new. Like, it was a really, you know, special thing for me. Really cool car. Um, when I got there, they had it in the showroom in the window and the guy tried to drive it out with the handbrake on. Oh, well. <laughs> and then I got on it to drive off, and it had a broken windscreen. So, like... The, what? Yeah, yeah. And then, <clears throat> anyway, that, that all got sorted, and then it, it was parked outside my work one day, and a lady hit that car. So I went back to Honda. I said, look, I, I'm a car guy. I know the guys that I'll use, but do you have someone you would recommend for this? It's an insurance claim, and... You know, thinking Honda and dealership, I was like, oh, you get the guys who built the car to let me know. So they give me that. That was a massive fuck up. The guy ended up nearly in a scrap with the guy who tried to repair that. He had to do it twice. So anyway, I swore I'd never go back to Honda Newmarket. Never. Never. And I actually told myself I wouldn't buy another Honda because of the service, not the car. I love the car. And this new Honda Civic came out, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm ordering one of those. (laughs) From Honda Newmarket. So I talked around a few people because, like, in the car industry, we all, there's, you know, you can ask people and, you know, there was a few people that said, yeah, nah, don't deal with Newmarket. Um, so that was fine. I'd already made that decision and I had heard that North Shore was good. And um, so I'd started getting my car serviced there and it's been fine. Um, so I ordered the new one through there and it turned up today. And I'm a fucking sicko, right, when it comes to cars. And most things. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I said to them, when a, when a car comes in from the factory, it's all wrapped up in plastic and, you know, plastic over the seats. And when it gets there, it needs a day or two to do what they call PPI, which is pre-purchase inspection, where they go over it, make sure there's no scratches, um, you know, pull all the plastics off, get it all washed and vacuumed, and, you know, it turns up and it's shiny and nice. I've had because I've had a bad experience with that where they've cleaned it with brushes and scratched the paint and shit. I said, "Is it okay if you don't do that and then just leave the car in its plastic and I'll pick it up? I'm quite happy. Like I'm going to be the one that's going to detail and everything." 
they're like, yeah, that's cool. They obviously have some weirdos buy these cars too, and they said that someone else has asked that as well, so that was fine. And I turn up today, and yep, it's exactly how I asked for it, so I was very happy, like all the rubbish still on the keys and all the paper in the windows and plastic on the on the door sills and everything. Um, but the wheel's scratched. So, you know, they're Maybe like... Maybe I'd driven it. <laughs> Maybe you'd be in there the day before and hit the curb. Shock. And this, the story takes a twist. And I'm like, fuck, am I cursed with brand new cars? Like, what is going on here? How bad is the scratch we're talking here? Well, put it this way. I, I want a new wheel. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, probably not as bad as your wheels, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we'll put some photos up in the story. Um, And to be fair, they, Honda and Shaw handled it really well. The manager came out after I sort of, I said, look, the reason I asked for it to be in plastic and stuff so it had as little people touch it as possible so I can do the the PPI. And the reason I came here is because last time I had a terrible experience with Newmarket. And he was real good. He's like, look, we'll, we'll sort it out. Um, you know, well, is it okay if we send it to the guy that repairs them? And I I want a new wheel. So I said, you can get it repaired. Um, but if I can see the repair, then I want a new wheel anyway. So you decide whether you want to repair it or get me the new wheel. And um, I stayed a lot calmer than fighting the guy back in the day at Newmarket and the panel beater. I just... St- told the truth about how I am yeah <laughs> a bit anal about my cars and I said yeah okay I'll go down that road and I handled it very professionally and it reminded me of a couple of times in my life back to retraining the brain how I used to be a fucking hothead <laughs> so like if I decided I was right on something and I was in an argument with you I'll fight like I was hot yeah and you were talking physical. Like, I was, I, I just, I'd, if I'm right, I'm going. Yeah. Like, it's, and it, and it doesn't, when you fire the other person up that you're trying to, like, everything's a negotiation and a win, right? Like, if you're trying to, I remember when I was working at my family's rental car company and someone would damage a car, and, like, I'd take it personally because I'd just cleaned it the day before. How the fuck did you take it for one day and you damaged it? Mm. And I'd be like, you need to pay for that, blah, 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 whatever. And then I'd, they'd say, well, I didn't do it. And of course it didn't. Yeah, but my reaction is like, you're a, you're an idiot. I'm going to make sure you know that, and I'm going to try and take your money. But it always ended up being really hard to get the money out of them to pay for the repair, right? Yeah. And I had to retrain myself and my mind to make... Because <clears throat> I'd, I'd get like a, um, a release of dopamine from the scrap. And I had to retrain my emotion and my mind to be like, nah, this is about winning. So you have to be, and the best way to win is not to do that. It's about making an agreement with yourself and being like, right, let's be strategic here and handle it carefully. And, oh, look, you know, instead of whinging at people or telling them they're idiots and can't drive, I'd be like, look, it happens all the time. You're not the first one. You won't be the last. It's just going to cost a bit of money, but it's not a problem. We can fix it. It's a much better way than saying, how the fuck did you take a car for one day and crash it? Mm. It's the same as me fighting the whole new market scenario versus today. Um, and I think it's a, it's a really good hack because our natural reaction 
is like like fight or flight. Yep. I quite like the scrap, but but changing the way you approach things to still like the scrap, but having a scrap with yourself first and being like control yourself and you can win this, you know, and come out in the right scenario. It's no different when I'm talking to the bank when I'm trying to get a loan approved that's, you know, got something curly in it or something. And, you know, there's no point in me yelling at the bank assessor and telling them they're idiots. That's, that doesn't get me anywhere. No. Um, and I might be right. But if you do that, you're definitely going to get a no because they hold the power. Those who hold, hold the gold make the rules. <laughs> and if I'm gentle and try and use logic and am careful and talk my way around it, Sometimes I get into the right scenario, and that's a win. That's a that creates more dopamine than I would getting hot and having a scrap. Got ya. Mm. So tell me, <clears throat> when you say scrap, you love a scrap. Are you meaning like physical scrap, or you just mean like you nah, love the, nah. love a brawl, like the fight, like yeah, the yeah, you don't mind an argument. You, yeah, you're yeah, a good yeah. with conflict. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So recently, you've got into putting out more content. Yeah. And I'd imagine you're posting some of that on TikTok. Yeah. How have you found the comments? I love it. <laughs> Has that tested your patience? Yeah, I've called a few people idiots. Nah, nah, I'm a, I'm above it now. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been fighting this thing inside me f- my whole life. Yeah. So it's it's a I'm getting pretty good at training it out of myself. <laughs> um, but if someone, I still believe that if you're if you're truly right about something. Um, you shouldn't apologise or or be told that you're wrong or whatever. Um, so, like, a few people on TikTok comment and they're like, you know, that's bullshit. And I've said, like, like laughing face, are you a broker? Or, like, yeah. did, did you write the bank policy? Or yeah. So I just wind them up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think treating people like idiots in a fun way is quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. And this is something we all have to come to terms with because – no matter what we do, whether it's in our work environment, whether we're building out businesses, um, whether we are engaging with other parents or whether we bump into a stranger in the street, we've all got different ways to handle things. And I reckon what you're, when you explain this, the way I interpret it or relate to it would be it's it's almost A, getting in control of your emotions a little bit. It is, yeah. Yeah, and something that I've had to learn a bit of too. Um, and... I was at a football game recently and Taz said to my mum, was Luke, what was Luke like when he was playing football? She said, oh, he's a hothead. Yeah, he was a hothead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, hang on, mum. I said, okay, how many, oh, just like his father. I'm like, hey, hang on, how many times did I get sent off? Oh, no, well, you wouldn't get sent off or anything, but like, you, you're a hothead. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm passionate. <laughs> and I was often in sometimes in a leadership role in teams and so I would try and be a leader. Yeah. But I can see through even watching my own uh progression as as getting older in sport that some of the approaches I would take wouldn't work as well or they would just mm. escalate a situation. Yes. And I don't know what kind of taught me oh that doesn't actually work like it feels like it's working at the time to an immature version of myself Mm. and so I would be like nah I need to prove that I'm right and stuff then at some stage of my life I realized there's no real point in doing that with some people because it just doesn't end Mm. and I wonder if I started to learn about energy and things like that 
But I noticed that there was a different way I could approach situations on a football field. And often what I would do is I would like I would kind of analyse what the referee was like and I would notice if people were being an arsehole to him and then that would be my uh that would be my in for like, oh, I'm just gonna make a gag with them. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them something that they can tell me that they're definitely right. And so I would say, Sir, uh, how long to go in this game? Eight minutes. I'm like, fuck, eight minutes, mate, I'm knackered. And they're like, Oh, come on, like <laughs> and it's a bang, there's a win. Then then in the next ten minutes I might go into a situation and basically I would clearly be in the wrong and it should be, okay, you need to be penalised for that or you can't be doing that. And it would be like, but you know I'm clumsy, sorry, sir, like that, like I'm just, I'm not very good at this. Yeah. And it's like, bang, I'm diffusing the situation yeah. and I'm also manipulating the situation. Yeah, yeah. But I would, another version of me would just be like, take that person out, tell the ref, like, that was fucking bullshit. Nah, like, I got the ball. You, What the fuck do you know? And I've done those situations, and it's bang, you you are. You're out of here. Yeah. And you've got to, I reckon you've got to then, like, A, you've got to figure out how to play yourself first. So then you've got to learn what triggers you, what winds you up, and then how can you stay in control in those situations. And then you've got to then figure out, okay, how can you get into some more of those situations to test it, mm. but also to then... How do you play the game to get more in your favour with the skill set that you do have? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I saw um, some clips of Izzy Adesanya, Adesanya, yep. <laughs> the other day. He's coming on, on the pod. Yeah. 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 Cheers, mate. <laughs> when you um, ready, Izzy? Um, and he was talking about his, him and Dan, yep. about those last fights that they had. And um, did you watch those? No. So Dan was fighting this guy who's like a professional, like A-grade leg, leg locks. So he locks your legs up and you're fucked, basically twist them until they break. Wow. And Izzy was like, Dan is a psycho. He he just talked to himself before. And he said, I'm just making an agreement in my head that this guy can break my legs. I will not I will not tap. So like he's talked himself into that. So he's he's gone in knowing that this guy has a strength and that it's his strength can really hurt him, which would mean if if he if he handles that incorrectly, he'll lose the fight. And he just sat there in the fight, like looking up. This guy had his leg locked up, twisted, and Dan was just like, "Oh, I'll wait for him to do whatever." And eventually, the guy tied out, and he won, and he smoked him. Wow. And as he talks talked about that same thing about you know like <clears throat> making an agreement with yourself. So like. I realized, like you just said before, at some point, the way that I was handling things, it wasn't getting me moving forward. Like, I wasn't moving forward with it. So I was like, something has to change here. So I was just like, right, I'm going to make sure that I never change my tone in these conversations where I'm trying to collect money off someone from now on. You know? And then it's very hard to argue passionately if you don't change your tone. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you start from high, but if you're just talking normally, um, you know, and it's, and I just went and made these little agreements with myself and eventually they become second nature and you forgot, you forget that you used to be the other way, you know? Mm. Um, and I think it's really important because it's a, it's like a step that you can take in life. Like if you're coming into next year and, you know, you've been 
let's just say, I don't know, what's a good example? Let's just say you've been earning, you know, you're not happy with your job and stuff and you're complaining about, you know, there's no hope and need a change of government or whatever it is. My boss is an asshole. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. If you make an agreement with yourself never to complain about those things again, like ever, never speak of them loudly, watch it change. Mm. And watch what happens. Because you, you, that's not allowing you to make that excuse anymore. So you have to think of something else to say when you want to say those things. And it, can't, like it, it starts being like that personal responsibility where you take responsibility for everything. You know, no more blaming. You, you're... It's your fault. Um, and th- I think this is one of the steps you can use, just doing that consistently, um, picking a few things that you catch yourself out on. The hardest part is to catch yourself out because we are, we do it so naturally Yep. Um, that you, we don't even know we're doing it. And I think you have to put effort into being like, fuck, why, why have I complained about this for four years and nothing's changed? Yeah. Mm, wonder what the common denominator is there, you know? My brain. Mm. So, just make an agreement with yourself. Remove it and see what happens. This year, I will get a pay rise no matter what, and it will be the biggest pay rise I've ever had. And then that is your, okay, how am I going to let that happen? You go into a meeting where they say, right, we're going to give you a pay rise. It's going to be this amount. Well, you're going to be real prepared. No, no, you're going to be prepared for that situation because you now know you have a data point. Well, what is my biggest pay rise I've ever had? It might be $4,000. And so you go, okay, well, that's a starting point. Yep. And if you get given a number that's less than that, you know, like, no, that's not what I'm coming in for. So you've got to prepare for that. I think even at an earlier stage than that, when you're chatting with your mates and it's like, oh, how's work? Oh, boss is a a prick, you know. Mm. I haven't haven't had a pay rise in two years. Remove that, get rid of that, and then figure out when that question gets asked by your parents when you're talking to them or your mates or anything. Then you have to fill something in that gap. Yeah. So you stop saying it, and then you'll be surprised that these things like pay rises and things start to come naturally, and they start compounding. Um, it's a really interesting one, eh? Because it's been a very big change for me. One of my... And it, I still trip back into old ways and things now and then, go through patches, and I'm like, fuck, come on, man. Yeah. You know, like, you're never saying that again. I think it's really important. My brain's going nuts with just the different things. Um, this reminds <laughs> That's all me. That sugar, mate. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of the scooter situation where I bumped into the lady. She mm. had her blinkers on, couldn't see me. She's walked directly in front of her, and I've nearly cleaned her out on my scooter. I've managed to hold her up, hold the scooter up. I'm thinking, what a hero I am. She's losing her mind at me mm. in the middle of Queen Street for for fifty, two hundred meters, and I'm just calm as but my brain's like give it to her yeah like delete her yeah uh, and i'm like no don't do it man like and i'm like look at like you're in the middle of auckland city people are going to be staring just keep calm like ask if she's okay and one of the tactics i sort of learnt to de-escalate situations or to um to, to avoid all of this shit and just this like fight would be to basically be like okay what's the desired outcome here or like yeah. how do you think we could resolve this yeah yeah and that's helped me so much where instead of escalating or fighting with people i'll basically be like how do you reckon we can come to an agreement that we're both going to be happy here and yeah. i've had to use this where clients have been like how have you sent me a bill for that? You know, I thought you only did this. And this, this happens very few. Mm. But because it happens very few, I'm like, 
this is not worth fighting because this is an outlier. This isn't happening a lot. It's I've this is again this I'm going to take this phone call as this is my fault. And so I'm like, mate, I, I don't even want to get into who like who's right, who's wrong here. What's the um, explanation? I want to know from you what would be. Um, except like what's going to keep you happy mm. so that we can keep this relationship going forward and save a whole heap of time. There's a, there's a proper formula for this. Is there? Yeah, it's called E plus R equals O. The event plus the reaction plus the reaction equals the outcome. Equals the outcome. Oh, Mikey, you've taught me well. <laughs> you've taught me well. Yeah, and you, all you do is like you, you have an event, right? And the event is hitting the lady on the scooter. Mm-hmm. And then the outcome, obviously there's a there's a reaction from her. And then she's gone crazy about it. And then you've got an outcome, a desired outcome at the end. You're like, oh, I need to do what I can to de-escalate this. So how do you react? Yeah. Because how you react is what is going to control that outcome. And like Savage Luke just wants to tell her, fuck, you've got some work to do with a counsellor. Like seriously, yeah. something's going on for you. Honestly, you should try and get some help. Uh, but I'm like, <laughs> that is going to escalate it. But that's probably actually what's going on here. Exactly. But wording it in that way is not going to be good. Yeah, and the, out- the, the desired outcome there is like, you know, she's obviously not going to be your ongoing friend. No. <laughs> so all you, need, all you need to do is try and leave the situation as calmly as possible, right? So yeah. you react accordingly mm. um, because you don't want to have an argument on the side of the road with everyone watching for 20 minutes because you could have reacted and caused that outcome. Yeah, and I know deep down that as soon as I escalate it, it's going to be like, oh, this dude's you know attacking that woman sort of thing and I'm probably then going to end up in a situation that I didn't want to be in in the mm. first place and then trying to explain to them why I'm not in the wrong. And it's like, who cares? I can be wrong. Like, let her think I'm wrong. Like, you know, maybe I am. Maybe what, what else can I do differently? And I think about it now when I go down there. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said before, you, we default back to these things so easily. And the reason I think we do that is because it's so hard to unwind the shit that's always been comfortable for us. And my example from this morning is that I was training with my PT and he said, oh, you know this exercise, so we don't need to do heaps of sets of it because basically we only have an hour and we're building a program. And so he's like, I want to make sure you're doing these things right. But he's like, you've done this before. And I was like, oh, what's that one? And he's like, shows me. And he goes, quickly, just do it. I'll just make sure you're doing it right. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I was doing these last last week and these are sets of 10s for sure. And he's like, 10. And I'm like, sweet. He's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I've done. He's like, no, no, 20. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. My brain's like, oh, fuck you, man. Like, I only do 10s of these. And, <laughs> and then I'm doing 11 and 12, 13. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like oh, I want to tap out of this. And just be like, nah, all good, mate. Like, I'm a bit sore. I know, like, let's carry on back to the other exercise. But then I'm, I'm like watching myself in this moment. And I'm thinking, no, like, dig in, do it. And I yeah. do it. And he's like, shit, good, mate. Like, you're really strong. And I'm thinking, last week I was not doing sets of 20, like, sub yeah, 20 yeah. of this. I was quitting it about... Uh, rep eight. I'm like, yeah, eight reps is pretty good. I don't see no one else doing eight reps of this round here. You yeah. know, that's enough. He's like, no, no, you need to do like five sets of 20 of that. Now I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know? But he's there watching and he's there telling me. So I've got that accountability. Yeah. The hardest thing I reckon to do in life is to build your own accountability from yourself. 100%. Well, I reckon the, people look for it. Yes. And the, I mean, look at me. Like I'm paying a PT yeah. to go give me, and, and that's, and that is like we we do a lot of us we can't build that for ourselves it's so hard it's to do so difficult yeah i think um yeah man calling yourself out on stuff is just such a such a hard thing to do and um but the beauty is that 
it's so hard to do that if you do start doing it, even to a tenth of what you mm. have done previously, you're going to get way further ahead than others because your body and brain will naturally default to, don't do those extra reps, Luke. That's not comfortable. You don't need to. Mm. Like, no, just default into the things that trigger you and have a massive argument. That feels comfortable for you. It's what you know. Nah, throw a fist. Like that That worked three other times. You mm. think it worked. Mm. Uh, then you get to go tell your mate, so I knocked that guy out. Like, you know, all of that shit, it doesn't actually work, but you think it does. So if mm. you can just slowly get yourself up, you bang, you're onto another level that people can't get to. Yeah, man. And you can start, because the, the beauty, when you start doing this shit, is you get to apply it in other areas. That's what's quite fun. So I've learned from like little things of just basically stop making excuses and it's made bits and pieces of my life better. But like ERO or E plus R equals O, I use that on like a daily basis and at work. Yeah. Like I'm like this week I've been like, well, actually the last three or four weeks I've been like looking out into January, knowing that I've had a holiday coming up or going on a holiday. I'm going to not be back until mid Jan. And I'm like, right. Do you know what would suck? If I had a whole lot of settlements the week I got back and I hadn't done any work and I had to rush everything. Mm. So like, that's not an outcome I want. An outcome I want is to come back to work and them to go smoothly and the clients to have been, be under no pressure. So I react and use the same theory and look at them all and ring everyone and be like, right, guys, we want to do this all now. Your lawyers might be away. Let's remove all of the pressure. So you're literally just at Christmas waiting for your keys. And we went through it all. And I'll have like the smoothest January ever. But nice. Back in the day, then- I would have waited for like the two-week calendar calendar. Th- bloody notification to pop up on the 2nd of January being like, oh, you better have a loan structure meeting with these clients because there's settlements in two weeks. I'll be fucking 60 miles offshore on the boat being like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. i got to go back, boys. And, <laughs> and it like causes carnage. Yep. For yourself, for everyone, right? And it's just like, then I would have Then I would have complained and I would have been like, Resented why the it. fuck is the industry like this at this time of year? What a mess. Mm. But I can fix the whole problem by reacting correctly. By fixing yourself. Mm. That's another concept that I have then used to go a layer further with this is do it before they ask is a bit of a concept. So I used to be, and I know exactly what you mean, where I'd go, I can probably, like, I'll wait for something to break and I'll fix it. And that's often what we do and we get taught to seem to do. Like it's, it's the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff type analogy. Now I'm thinking, okay, uh, with this client, if we're working on it with them, I need a reminder to, I should probably touch them before we actually have the meeting with them. Mm. So I'm trying to build all these things in before so that I'm never getting emails being like, hey, we is this, you said you were going to do this, or hey, how come I didn't get this this time? Yes, things will slip through the cracks, but I try and be like, okay, what would I expect if I were them? I wonder if I can get ahead of the curve and, and do it before they ask so that they don't even have to spend the time thinking, where's that at? or whatnot. You can't always do that, but it's quite a um, a good thing to apply when you know you're going to have to do it at some stage anyway. And I still have to fight with this. Today, I had a client who said, let's let's roll with some planning in 2023. We lock in a date, and it's it's not till February, and my brain's like, oh, mean, send him all the details, Jan. And so I sent him an email wrapping up our conversation today anyway, and I was like, I'll send you uh, an email with all of the other details closer to the time. And then I write write a note, I need to do that. And then I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, do the work. Yeah. Do the fucking work. <laughs> and so I take it one step at a time and, I, and I'm and i like, my brain's going, well, to do all that, you've got to, it's not just an email, you've got to 
create this, you've got to build that, you've got to make this, you've got to message Jade, like there's bang, there's eight things I've got to do and I'm like, yeah. that's, a, that's a January job for sure, still a month. <laughs> you know, I'll write that one down and I'll do that in January when I come back and then my brain's telling me, do the fucking work. Yeah. So then I go, well, I'll just do the first part of it and then I do the first part of it and then I do the second part and I'm like, well, I've already done those two parts so I might as well do the whole thing. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, the whole thing's done. Yeah, exactly. That what whole was I doing? in your brain, eh? Yeah. Just for that. So yeah, it's funny, eh? I think eventually you probably have to fight it inside your inside your your brain for quite a long time before it becomes natural, but it does get easier. Yep. Um, even the fights I have with myself now are much shorter because I know, like, I'm trying to get to a desired outcome here. Like, we've got to try and and get this right, you know. Yeah. Instead of arguing why I should go into Swing a sword rather than be calm and speak in one tone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's a, but when you've practiced something so far the other way for so long, exactly like you say, you've got to retrain your brain. Mm. And I honestly think the most underrated thing that I've learned throughout my life is to talk to myself. And people are like, well, A, you're fucking crazy. Like, you get, literally get taught growing up. If you, if, oh, you're talking back, like, oh, you're talking back to yourself, that's when you're definitely crazy or whatever. But literally, I have to every day be like, no, bro, do that, please. Like, actually, no, do that now. Like, that needs you to be done. You talk out loud? Nah, nah. It's usually nah, in, it's my, in my head. head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's actually normal. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, I don't even care if it isn't. It works for me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it would, used to be, for me, I learned it running. And it'd be like, the body and the brain, like, nah, just slow down. You don't need to, but fuck up. We're on. Let's mm. go. Finish this one. And that was how I started to learn it. And I did it running hills. And my body and brain would be saying, no, and my head would be going, I wonder if I'm ahead of my, my ghost PB, like Gran Turismo, mm. when the ghost car, you know, you're trying to, you're, you're, mm. you're racing your PB. You've pounded a good lap and you can't quite catch it. Yeah, back in my <laughs> gaming days, mate. Eh? Um, something else that I reckon sort of feeds into this is there'll be things in your life that you would have told you you're not good at. You don't know how to make money. Um, you've had struggles growing up with finances. Um, no one in my family's made any money. Or oh, someone in my family went bankrupt, whatever. So then you grab onto that shit and that becomes your truth for your brain. And then you believe like, oh, that's just, well, no, one, no one's a millionaire in my family. Oh, okay, great. So that, that means that fucking certainly that you're, you can't be. Get rich owning property. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Sorry. laughs> there is always someone in a family that goes oh maybe I just need to unlearn some of the things that I've learned or maybe I need to do things differently or maybe I need to learn a different language mm. like you're so capable of so much but the best thing the thing that we're best at is telling ourselves that we're not and the couple of things that I always see uh, around here is especially in business and I think this people relate to this uh, oh, I'm not good with names that's a real common thing I'm not very good with names and I've been like that and one thing that I've had to get better at is literally trying to listen to their name and then be like, they're talking and I'm thinking, I'm playing the game. I'm like, I'm going to use their name in this conversation at some stage. So I can remember it. <laughs> but uh, there's, a ver- like, there's a part of me that's still like, you, like, there were two dudes here before when you rolled in and yeah, I'm like, yeah. fuck, which one's which? And I'm like, I need to really intently listen again to make sure I get this right and then I'm going to use one of their names. Yeah. And one thing that I'm getting better at is now when clients come in here, because a lot of people leave here and they go, shit, I've got um, heaps of energy and I've been inspired and things like that. And I say to Phil, that's not really what we're selling, but that's what people are getting out of these sessions or Mm. coming in here, which is really cool. And so I'm like, I want to set the tone of them coming in that that's the level of energy 
that we're going to have. So I'm getting it better as soon as they come into the, the door opens and um, I just use their name. So I'm basically just yelling at them, like, yeah, Mikey! Nice. Yeah. Because the sweetest thing to somebody is hearing their name. And that's the hardest thing for people. Oh, I, I'm really bad with names. And so, we, and then you, you get into a trap of not using names because you're too scared. What if I get it wrong? What if I mispronounce it? Like, whatever. And so someone says, oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, get out, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How and, are you, mate? Yeah, good, and I, mate. <laughs> and I do that. But now I'm like, okay, I know, I know that this problem exists. I need to retrain myself to, to do this. And um, also, when people come into an environment, they are leaving the comfort and so they're already nervous, like, oh, what's behind that door? That sort of thing. For sure. Automatically uncomfortable. Yeah. So yep. I think, well, if you scream a name at them, their name, they're mm. like, A, they've been expecting me. It's like an icebreaker. Yeah, they know who I am. They're welcoming, welcoming me into their environment. And, like, the level of nerve and anxiety mm. and shit calms down. So I've kind of gone from being, here they are, or here, the, here he is, or yeah. here she is, like, whatever, uh, to you know, the other day I said, "Oh, here's trouble." Uh, but I'm like, bringing a level of energy, yeah. and then in trying to intently use their name. And I I watched something a couple of years back, basically explaining the percentages around how many people can't remember people's names and why, and some some ways to always be able to remember them. And I it made me realize I've just made this up in my head, and I need to retrain it, and I've gotten better at it. And then the other thing that I learned was that if you can use numbers four people they think you're way smarter than what you are so what keep the changes allowed me to do is learn things about income and then what the tax levels will be and thing and, and next advisory and I will use those in meetings with clients and you can tell they stop thinking because they're like fuck how did you know that mm. and again like if you tell yourself oh I'm really bad at numbers or whatever then you will continue to be and you your brain will like you've trained your brain to think that, but everybody should be able to go, what is 10% of this and start there with like a baseline to mm. then figure out other numbers. And I will try and do quite quick math for people. I think I learned this from Simon Phillips actually as well, because he's got oh, yeah. a very quick brain and go, so say it's like, righto, so you're selling this for this price and then this, and I'll just keep increasing the numbers, but I'm mm. actually only multiplying by 10 or adding on another zero. And so I'm doing a following a formula that I know my brain can actually work out. Yep. And they're basically like, whoa, you whoa. sound like a human computer. Yeah. Yeah. And all I'm doing is the 10 times table. Yeah. Yep. Or dividing by 10 and going, well, 10% of that is, or and then another half in my brain. And I've taught myself to be able to go like tens and then halves. And But the people, thing is, yeah. You also, when you do that all the time, you can get quicker at it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed through Keep the Change stuff is someone would say, oh, you know, I'm making 400 grand. Like, if I was to make 400 grand a year, or, or they might I say, what would be a massive amount of money to, to make per month? And they'll say this, and I'll go, well, what do you reckon that is before tax? And I've got no idea. I'm like, it's this. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the other day, like, Phil's like looking at me going, <laughs> and then he's pulling up. Payee.net checking like, <laughs> and I was like, Phil's about to check that. He'll let me know if I'm wrong. And he's like, Yeah, no, you're spot on. I was like, Yeah. So, uh, what? What's another figure? Uh, or that? And then they're like, Oh, so I'm like, So that's the figure. That's what the taxes. That's what the after amount is. That's it per month. And they're like, Shit, I was just on one figure going. That yeah, would yeah. be great to have per month. And I'm I'm now breaking it down for them to how they actually do that. So that's just a, a couple of things that I've picked up on that I've tried to get better at that have had uh, good results for me and everybody will be different but 
you will tell yourself things that you're not good at or that you're bad at or that you don't understand because I deal with this. The sooner you can write all that shit down and and rewrite it and basically kill it all. Yeah. Man, it's so good. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a bit of like, it's a, it's a bit of inversion thinking. Like, if I wanted to stay broke forever, what would I do? Yeah. Complain about the government and how they haven't fixed it. You know, like it's just using a bit of that stuff and, and then saying, right, never saying that again, never doing that again, mm. never using that as an excuse again. And yeah. it's it's cool, man. I reckon it I reckon it's like an easy hack just to put in place and then it's quite funny when you catch yourself out. Yeah. If you talk to yourself about it and you tell yourself, right, I'm doing this from now on, like next year I'm not going to say my boss is a prick or, you know, the company had a hard year, that's why I'm not getting a pay rise, whatever your excuse is. Um, or like there's a recession, you yeah. know, it's going to be hard, so there's no point or whatever. Um, if you remove that... Luke voted for the Greens and they got in again. <laughs> <laughs> or or they, they got a bigger share You're of You're an vote. ambassador now, eh? Yeah, mate. Hey. You're with the Tesla? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be at the Greens parade, mate, driving <laughs> all the people around. Hopefully my battery doesn't go flat. It's a weird one, eh? Because I think the Greens might hate Tesla now because he's a capitalist. Oh, they wouldn't have figured that out, mate. They'll hate me. <laughs> they'll, they'll hate me though because I um I've got my cologne in my car. So because yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to wear cologne at Greens meetings because it's offensive. How? Well, that's what I was told. Yeah, really? well, a pretty informed dude. Yeah, I could be wrong. Let message in if I'm wrong. But apparently he was like, mate, you're fucking. You're no chance of going to any of the meetings because you wear too much cologne and that's uh you're not allowed to. Not allowed to smell nice. Yeah, it's offensive. You could offend someone with the way you smell. Pretty much sums up the party, doesn't it? <laughs> Michael. Michael. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is that sorry. what your mum calls you? Are you in trouble? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I want people to take a moment to, to picture something, and it is someone, and they're walking around with a big spray canister, and the spray canister is full of Roundup. Mm, and they're walking stuff. around their yard, and they're like, there's the weed. Fuck that thing. That's gone. There's another weed over there. That's not supposed to be in here. Gone. Get rid of that. Oh, what's my neighbour up to? I don't like them. <laughs> They're gone. There's the green party. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, i got to stop. So take around your roundup and you're spraying shit. That's exactly what you have to do with your brain. You are in control of your brain. You're watching the thoughts. You're like, fuck off. Yep. You know, I'm not, you know, you're thinking like, oh, I'm not worthy. No. Who says that? Psst, gone. Mm. You know, like literally spray all the bad shit and start to retrain yourself to do this. When I go into a series of worry, my brain kicks in and tells me, and I've had to teach it this, ha, Luke, you know what you're doing here? You're worrying. What should we be doing? That's right. Thinking about bigger problems, thinking about goals, thinking about achieving things, telling yourself you're a fucking champion. You've solved things way bigger than this before. Why are you thinking about this? Start thinking about the future. And literally, that's uh, what I start doing in mm. my head. Yeah, I actually think <clears throat> this kind of stuff is is like the foundation of mental strength. Um, and because you hear like top athletes or sportsmen or even top businessmen talk about these types of things. Like, I mean, Izzy comes straight to mind because I watched that thing of him the other day um, about agreeing with himself. But you hear... Um, you know, people like Tiger Woods and, and Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan, man, that guy's crazy, eh? Oh, yeah. That guy's a psycho. Like, his mental strength is through the roof. 
um, because he would go to war with himself about being and like if if he knew uh, like if he was at training or whatever and he couldn't go to war with himself he'd just pick on his teammates and then it was crazy man like that guy's out the gate and I think those guys all do the same as what we do yeah natural reaction is to go nah comfort yeah. easy and Can't. that's what life's teaching us to do too yeah we're like the whole like media advertising everything is is instant gratification all of that stuff it's all designed to continue to hold you in that yeah um but yeah if you can build this little by little i reckon it and then just continue to compound it over time, you become a mentally strong person. Because um, you don't let yourself do dumb shit then. Yeah, it's it's slowly increasing your pain tolerance. And mm. people look at that and they go, well, they go pain. Okay, I think of the times I've been hurt uh, physically. But mm. it's not physically. It's it's how many times have you been to battle and have you not given up? Mm. You know, how, how many times has someone been trying to trigger the shit out of you and you're like, everything in my body is telling me to smack this person in the jaw mm. and I'm not going to do it? I think I said on the um, the 2020, end of 2022 pod or whatever it was, maybe the, maybe the recession doom and gloom pod that we did, um, you know, I wish, I wish I could go back with what I know now. And the reason people say that is because they've got mentally tougher and they've learned better how to handle certain scenarios. Yeah. And they could go back and change the course of their life if they did. Yep. And it's the same. I've, I, I cowered up and didn't make certain bets when the 2020 crash hit. Mm. And I knew, I fucking had talked to myself before that they'll print money if shit hits the fan and assets will fly again. And I didn't do it. Yeah. I waited until fucking August. Because you weren't ready for the paint, like you you hadn't taught yourself nah. to, yeah. But, and then also, afterwards, I was like, you know, I finished school in 2008, so I wasn't a part of 2008. And that's why, because 2020 was really my first one. And I'm like, fuck, that's an excuse, eh? Mm. Like, you studied 2008, you, you know exactly <laughs> how it went. Yeah. And there's just no excuse. So, like, I tell myself all the time, I'm like, next time I'm fucking on. Yeah, like a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent, and that's what that saying is. Like, if I if I could go back, I'd love to, you know, do those things again. And it's yeah. because you're you're in a better spot now because you've built up that foundation of mental toughness and trained your brain. You've really got to clean your shit up. I um I I listened to this lady speak, and she had I'll get a butcher the story, so please don't take this as a hundred percent how it went down. But ex police type role told the story at this thing I was at about how guy was just getting uh, prodded at in a pub and wound up, wound up, wound up, wound up and basically got up, left the pub, came back with a shotgun, rolled him through the front door, Ooh, bang. Shit. And everyone's like, oh my God. And basically the story then is, you know, everyone in their head, they're like, this person's just an absolute psycho. You know, that's what you'd think, right? And she said... The brain can go into this certain area that once it goes in there, you basically lose control. And by the time you they get to find them, they're a completely different person. And she was explaining how this dude's trying to make sense himself, being like, What happened? What mm. did I do? Like and not a oh, that person's, you know, completely crazy or anything. They're just like, fuck, I just absolutely lost control. And 
She's like, they were very, very easy to deal with. They weren't massively angry. They were basically just like, I just absolutely lost the plot and I can't really explain my actions. Mm. And she's like, you would be blown away how many times this happens Mm. and how many times it happens behind closed doors that you wouldn't know about. And, you know, that's a, a, a scary thing to think about, but also it kind of makes you realize, oh, when you see stories of things happening, you're just quick to be like, that's a, that guy, that piece, so I said guy, sorry, that person's a piece of shit or, or whatever, right? And you're just assuming, but you don't actually understand what's going on. Yeah. But I think that's what um, news and stuff's very good at doing. And then our brains are just great at defaulting to like, oh, well, they're a piece of shit. I'm better than them. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to put them in there. But you don't actually understand. So you know, you might read a story about that and you think, how can that person roll in? They must have had so much going on and stuff and they've basically just absolutely lost control. But fascinating story. Uh, and then you have people that study their whole lives to understand how that shit happens. Mm. And then here we all are with minimal skills and knowledge about how the brain works and shit and we're just like, why is my boss an asshole all the time? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Why, where's my pay rise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is, why is labour in? Why is yeah. national in? I think it's a... An important thing to never assume anyone else's scenario, eh? Definitely. You have got no idea what people have going got going on in their lives, whether they're rich, poor, you know, black, white, Asian, whatever, girl, boy. You literally, like, it's a, it's a weird thing, eh? Like, man, there, there's been some times in my life where I've had some shit going on and, like, you try and just carry on, but... Fuck, man, it consumes you, eh? Oh, definitely. Um, and you don't know that that person's not going through that when you're about to, like, might get the rental car shop about to go to war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you I, just I, never know how it's going to go down. So I think um, being being an adult about stuff and being careful with how you react to things is important. Mm. But, yeah, foundation of how to do it is is the way to continue to do it. My last point, mate, we'll get out of here, otherwise we're going to be cranking an hour soon. <laughs> One of the things I learned too is you can't be positive and negative at the same time, basically. So you can't be sad and happy at the same time. So if you are one emotion, which is negative, you can basically go, well, I, you need to tell yourself to be the opposite because your brain's not capable of being... like You can't be angry and happy and grateful at the same time. Like It's mm. not actually capable. So when you That's are, a good point. Yeah, when you're angry or whatever your emotion is, you've basically got to go, what's the opposite of that? And if you don't know, then you need to basically start Googling and figuring out what is the opposite of this mm. and learning this shit. And then when you are that emotion, you have to then be like, okay, how can I tell my brain a reverse image? And there's one thing that you can do is you can chuck a pen into your mouth and bite on it and it will force you to smile. And basically the way we're wired, you can't, like you can't do that. Your brain's you're telling your brain that you're actually happy. So then you'll struggle to do that and then actually still be a real negative person. Shit. Buzzy, eh? We're bloody complicated hunks of meat, aren't we? Mate. <laughs> but also uh, very simple. Exactly. <laughs> Rightio. Retrain the old brain. It's a it's a never ending thing, I'd imagine, for all of us, right? I think so, yeah. Um but you know, what are you gonna do? Like sit around and just stay the same and complain the whole the rest of your life? I'd say a lot of people will, but I'm glad that you didn't, and that you didn't beat up the person at the, uh, shout out to the North Shore. Shout out to North Shore Honda, Honda. they did real good with me today. Yeah, <laughs> and to all of you at Newmarket Honda, you missed a deal. Yeah, you're going to miss plenty off me, I'll buy them off New, uh, North Shore from now on. And then also to 
Lamborghini Ponsonby uh, coming is soon. It, is that is that where it is? Get your top salesperson ready for when I roll in. <laughs> Make sure there's no scratches. <laughs> and Mikey wants to take the plastic. He wants to he wants to take the Duracell off his own textbooks. I'll actually drive. I'll actually fly to the Lamborghini factory and drive it home. I reckon. Really? Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. Where's the factory? In Italy. Jeez, you can drive back to New Zealand from Italy. Well, yeah, but you put it on some ships and shit like that at some point. Got you. Yep. It's above me, mate. I don't know how. My, I don't know how my Tesla got here. One day, here. mate. 